1: L. It's time! W. T. L. I
0: think we got a show. Oh, yeah, we got a show. W. T. L. And welcome back, everybody, to W. T. L. Where's the line? I'm your host, Andy Class, enjoyed by Jabran. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh parlay. You got it. We're back. We're back. <laughs> yes, we are. And man, did you go on a run yeah. last week. heating we're, up. We're talking the road to Omaha. We're talking College World Series. Uh, and the four regionals we talked about, you nailed yeah. every single one of them. Have to. It's two sport. of sport. Two of them were underdogs. Yeah. Texas,
1: Indiana State. I even had Iowa. I thought Iowa could... (laughs) Big Ten has nobody. Yeah, nobody. Nobody. And and I just thought that, you know, Iowa's going to run out of gas, and they kind of did. They had to go extra innings before they had to play that that elimination game against Indiana State. Indiana State did get a little lucky, but uh, I just had a feeling at home they had the advantage, which they they did. did. They did, and they played well, and they deserve it. Yeah. So let's start with...
0: Let's go back to the CWS. All right. Let's talk college baseball
1: super regionals. The super
0: regionals. We're gonna talk all the Fridays late. Then we'll get on to the Saturday. But let's start with that eleven AM Friday game. That is Duke versus Virginia. Virginia, the favorite at minus one eighty-five. Duke, the underdog at plus one fifty-five. Good news here for Duke. Yeah. They have to travel less than any other road team here in
1: the Super Regional Route. No doubt. Bad news. Virginia is thirty four and four yeah. at home. Yeah, no doubt, Andy. And like you said, uh, in the in the series prop, mm-hmm. uh, Virginia is minus one ninety five, and Duke is at a plus one sixty to take down the series. As everybody knows, the Super Regional is a best of three series mm-hmm. between all of these two mm-hmm. teams. Uh, so this this is a rematch of an ACC series that took place in late April when Duke won two out of three games at Virginia. At Virginia, and at go. that point, however. Virginia was struggling a little bit, you know, in conference play. Yep, that was in April. Came later on that season when both teams appeared to be at their respective peaks. The Cavaliers swept through the home regional. And whereas Duke held off Coastal Carolina at the end, Coastal Carolina, I really thought well, might, have made a, yeah. might have made a shot there. So I really think that Duke does pull one of these games out. Mm-hmm. So I really like Virginia to win the series. I just don't know when they're going to let one of these games up.
0: Yeah, you know, Duke has a, a spectacular pitching staff yeah. headline by James Talon, mm-hmm. but he's their closer. Yeah. He has an ERA of 1.69, 11 saves on this season, but that doesn't matter if you're going into the eighth, ninth inning and you're down. For sure. By two or three runs. Uh, I like Virginia. I like what they've been able to do last three, four years. They're one of those teams now that you're just kind of expecting to see them
1: yeah. in Omaha every yeah. so often. No doubt. And they have the more premium hitters of the two teams, Andy. Yep. And like you said, they have more depth at pitching, including four quality starters. Like you said, Duke does not have that. And no. they're at home. they got the home field advantage. Like I said, I think they probably lose one of these games just because it's an ACC rival right. You know, kind yeah, yeah. of thing. But yep. they will Beheading Omaha. Give me Virginia. I like that one, uh, that minus 195 to take down the three game series. Yeah,
0: I like the Cavaliers as well. And you're talking series. I don't think you can argue much with it. You cannot. All righty, let's move on to the 4 p.m. first pitch between TCU and Sycamores. You were talking about Indiana State at large last week. Yeah. And boy, did they come to play for you. (laughs) Uh, But I don't know. TCU is on a run right now. Like all these teams are hot. We get it. Yeah. Uh, but back in May, the Horned Frogs were 25 and 21. They weren't even going to make the tournament. Yeah. Since that time, they have ripped off 15 of the last 16 wins, including the Big 12 championship over Texas, over Oklahoma State. All those guys ran to this super regional and they outscored their opponents in the regional. I think it was they, they put up 44 runs. Yeah. They, they scored 20 points in one game. Exactly, Their Andy. Their bats
1: are hot. I don't think there's a better uh, one through nine lineup right now swinging the lumber. Yeah, no, the Horned Frogs are here to play, Andy. And, you know, it's unfortunate circumstances for Indiana State, like we were talking before. <laughs> um, they should have hosted this regional. Yes. But, you know... Uh, There's a conflict with the Special Olympics, like you said, at Indiana State uh, this weekend. So this sets up a real tough road trip to Fort Worth, Texas, because this is the place where you don't want to play the Horned Frogs. Uh, TCU has the far better lineup. Uh, I, ju- I just really think Indiana State had a really good season, but their luck is running out, and I am taking these Horn Frogs to take down the series. It's at a minus one sixty-five right now, mm-hmm. and yep. I just think that yep. is a lock because do there's no way the Indiana State can come into Big Twelve country yeah. and you know take down these guys. It just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, the Horn Frogs have three aces up their sleeve right now. Not one, not
0: yeah. two, but three. And uh, who a lot of people consider like their third arm is this guy by the name of Lane Miller and yep. he's 7 and 0 with a 2 Point seven seven and he was their, arguably their third best pitcher. No doubt about Give it. Give me a break. Also, the Horned Frogs have made the biggest jump as far as <clears throat> overall odds yeah. to win the CWS. Yep. They were at a sixty to one. Now they're sitting at a twelve to one. Oh my goodness! If you could have
1: got in a week ago, yeah, exactly, Andy. <laughs> and like we we're saying, we won our money on Indiana State last round. That's how we won money on the Sycamores. Yeah, the yeah, Sycamores yeah. gave up you know they and they got lucky last week they really did they they came out in the 8th inning twice to win games mm-hmm. that they were down uh mm-hmm. they are 4 and 9 record against top 50 teams i i just don't really see them being able to come into big 12 country at, at an away team when tcu makes their own luck the horn frogs are 10 and 6 yep. against top 25 teams like indiana state i just mm-hmm. think they're 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 ready for the moment fourth worth is going to Horned Frogs are heading Omaha. I believe so as well. Okay, let's
0: move on to one of your teams. For whatever reasons, you like the Florida Gators. You were up at Mitchell Tech there for a while when that Miller (laughs) craziness was going on. No doubt. Okay, so I guess I'll give you that. But much like that Duke-Virginia matchup where it's a conference matchup here in the Super Regionals, we're seeing that again here. Yeah, Florida, South Carolina, Florida. Kind of your favorites here. I'm looking at a minus 139, (laughs) minus 160, depending on where you're looking. Yeah. Um, Uh, A lot of people are thinking Florida on paper might be a runaway favorite here. I'm saying not so fast. South Carolina has the pedigree. I think it throws a little bit of a wrench into it in that they're
1: uh, conference foes. How do you see this one? Well, this is a very, very scary Matchup for the Florida Gators, obviously. Yeah, you know it's number two. Florida will get number fifteen, South Carolina. The Gamecocks swept the Gators earlier this season, (laughs) but did so at home, though. Okay, the Gamecocks were at home. Mm -hmm. You're coming into the swamp. I think it's going to be a little bit different ball game. In the Florida Gators are riding high right now, Andy. They are. The super regional will take place in Gainesville, like I just said, where the Gators are thirty-two and six at home this season. The Gamecocks went. 12 and 10 on the road, so they could steal a game from the Gators it's unlikely that they get to. I got the Florida Gators winning this series, Andy, and that could <sighs> be a little bit of a fan in me, just yeah. because I like the Gators, but I, I at a minus 140 to take down this series, mm-hmm. I just think that's really, really good value yeah. to, go around, yeah. to go along with.
0: Uh, you know, there, there's got to be an upset somewhere. We know there has to be. There is. And yep. this might be the one to do it. That plus 115 with South Carolina, that's not great odds either. It's not great odds. On an, under, that, that, on an underdog. That's
1: what I'm saying. Yeah. If, if you're going to go for an underdog. I got a couple other plays that you can get a little bit more value mm, on and mm. you're not and you're not betting against <laughs> one of the top teams to take yeah. down the whole college world series. <laughs> Florida's sitting right there at a plus seven hundred to yeah. win the College World Series. And yep. once they That's win right. once they win this series, Andy, mm-hmm. they're gonna be like at a plus three hundred because yep. they're that good and they're gonna be that much of a homer.
0: You know, just like I like TCU's three man starting rotation, I, I think South Carolina has a really good three man rotation as yeah. well. But you know, But Florida, uh, they're they're playing at maybe a little bit different level, and the odds makers are reflecting that. Should we talk about the nightcap? Yeah, let's do it, Andy. This might be the most surprising matchup of the Super Regionals. I think, without question, it is. Yep. Two non traditional teams going at it no here doubt. in Eugene, Oregon. Oral Roberts, the Golden Eagles. <laughs> everybody had them. Everybody. Yeah, right? Right? Okay. All right. Uh, taking on the Ducks yep. out there in Eugene, where Oregon is a minus 145, minus 140, once again, depending where you're looking. Yeah. Favorite here. And I don't know. This is one of those deals where, you know, like Indiana State, I'm like, Okay, you had your magic, you had your run. Uh, now you're going to a Pac-12
1: school in their house. Uh, your luck might be running out. Yeah, you might you might be right here, Andy. But, but. Oh, geez, here we go. Uh, Oral Roberts is sitting at a plus 125 to take mm-hmm. down this series yeah. right now, Andy. And I'll give you a couple nuggets why I think it's. You know, they're the story of the NCAA tournament as of now, uh-huh. coming in as the number 4 seed. Okay. Uh, Golden Eagles will try to keep the Cinderella story going. Sure. I, I really think it could happen. It's clear that this group isn't the typical underdog. Or Roberts is 49-11 and got underseeded by the selection committee because of their name. You they're have out of to. the Summit League. You, you have to. Yeah, you they're out to. of the Summit. But due to the, you know, weeks strength of schedule, in terms of team quality, there's no question the Golden Eagles, they beat Oklahoma State three times in the spring and went 3-0 and in the regionals. Yep. This team is for real, and I just think if you want to take a feeler on somebody, it's got to be against this Oregon team that I'm not sold on either. So yeah. I really like the Golden Eagles. I, I just don't think there's much of a you know hometown uh, feel to Eugene. I don't think they're going to pack right. that stadium. They could, mm-hmm. but Oregon State's the real draw in Oregon. I don't think the Ducks have that big a following. Oral Roberts is going to take down this super regional, and they are going to the College World Series. Uh, you know, much like
0: uh, we're we're talking about. Indiana State, yeah. you know, rising to the occasion, knocking sure. off some um, some bigger programs. I think it helped Oral Roberts that they had already beaten Oklahoma State. No doubt. And they kind of lucked out getting to play them again, a team they already knew that they could beat. Yeah, it's just uh, about I, confidence. Yes, and I think it lined up for them on this one. I'm more impressed with Oregon's run, how they were able yeah. to take down Vanderbilt. Yeah. Vanderbilt was the number 3 overall odds. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. So I think that was a bigger story, and it, it would be if it <clears throat> weren't for Oral Roberts. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, they're, it's just funny that they met matched up against each other. Yeah. yeah.
0: Strength of schedule, 255. Oral Roberts. It's what it is.
1: It is what it is. I get it. (laughs) But but... (laughs) right right on this game, Andy, both teams can really hit. Oregon has a bit more power, Uh whereas Oral Roberts hits a lot more for average. But the visitors have more pitching depth, and that's what I'm going to it's going to go three games. It's going to go three games, and that pitching depth is really going to play a factor in it. Give me Oral Roberts taking down the Ducks, and you gene to go to omaha oh
0: boy that might be when i have to sit (laughs) out there jabron uh but you heard the horn that means we're up against it but you heard jabron he wasn't going all chalk there he's going to give you a little bit and you know i talked to some folks they like oral roberts as well so maybe that'll put him over the hump to no eagles bring a little coin on him (laughs) it's a man to recognize one of our fabulous partners that is the nebraska brewing company we've been enjoying the Pickle Fight, once again, their Pickle Brew. We talked about last week. It's in hot demand. It's sold out in a lot of places. So you really got to kind of search around for it, try to yep. find a grocery store, liquor store that still has it. It is still available at the brewery. If you are in La Vista, Nebraska, the greater Omaha metro area, run out there and grab yourself a six pack. You won't regret it. That is the Pickle Fight picker Pickle Beer. It is a
1: pickle punch to your throat. Oh, I like that. <laughs>
0: Nebraska Brewing Company, world-class in every glass. Don't go anywhere. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. Where's the line? Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Andy and joined by Jabron. Oh, the parlay power! You got it. And you haven't even given us a parlay yet. We're y- in
1: segment y- two. Y- yeah, I, I, you're just holding it, on. It's 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 kind of tough uh-huh. when you were talking about you know college baseball <laughs> it, with a uh, you know three game series going on. It's it's tough to throw those in a parlay or whatever. Well, so I might be throwing a parlay later in the show with some UFC and NBA action UFC, coming down this UFC, weekend. UFC 289. <laughs> it's there you coming go. Your way the you NBA go.
0: final. (laughs) Well, here's a game you're not going to give us a parlay or anything on. That is the 11 o'clock Saturday game on the road to Omaha, and that is the Alabama versus Wake Forest. There is no line on this game. It is off the board, and that is due to many states not allowing, wagering on Alabama um, due to late-season investigation on their coach (laughs) and the irregular betting that was happening on Alabama. And I do want to say, without sports betting, he wouldn't have being legalized, yeah. he wouldn't have been caught. Exactly. It, it was picked up right away because he was calling his buddies in an Ohio and making these <laughs> crazy bets. Yeah. And right away the different, you know, whether it was DraftKings, mm-hmm. FanDuel, or both, or everybody was like uh who just dropped five thousand on a midweek Alabama game? <laughs> this that doesn't
1: happen. Well, we don't even really have lines for these yet, but okay, we'll take it. Yeah, a <laughs> yeah. little Pete Rose action there. There you go. So
0: anyhow, we'll still talk about the game. Yeah.
1: Um Wake
0: Force just cruised through their regional at a plus forty one di- run differential. Yeah, forty eight to seven, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I just smashed the two seed Maryland Big Ten team. We thought that might be coming. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be that bad. Wake Forest has <clears throat> the best pitching staff. We yeah. talked about it last week. Rhett Loader is their ace. He's 14 and 0 with a 1.66 ERA. And the next two guys, Sean Sullivan, uh, Josh Harville, they're not too far behind. No. So, um, a lot of people like the, the Crimson Tide heading into this one. Um, there's still a lot to like, obviously, about uh, Alabama, but they're without their coach, and I think they're going up against a juggernaut here in Wake Forest. Yeah, Andy.
1: Can can Wake Forest finally end the number one overall seed curse? Uh, the mm. Demon Deacons, like you said, rolled through the regionals yeah. like only the best team in college baseball like could have expected to. Yeah. Uh, Wake Forest also hits for slightly more power and slightly better average than Alabama. But this Crimson Tide team, it's really hard to find any clear weaknesses in their team, Andy. They have the <laughs> pitching quality for all twenty seven innings across a yep. three game weekend. Yes, um I, I, I really they're on base percentages like uh tops in the nation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And like their ERA, you know Wake Forest is absurd at a two point seven eight, but you know Alabama is very, very good there with a yeah. three point nine six. So it's really, mm-hmm. really good. And Alabama even has a stronger strength of schedule yeah. than Wake Forest, obviously playing in the SEC. So. Mm-hmm. I really believe that Wake has the higher ceiling of players, but the tie doesn't have any clear weaknesses, and this right. is going to be a hard out for Wake Forest. Yeah. I got him in three. I do believe Alabama takes him down probably in yeah. game two. Uh, they're this not, is what tournament baseball. It is. It it is. These are the be best teams. All, yeah. These are the best teams. you got
0: ACC versus SEC, two great teams, pitching staffs, hitting across the board. Uh, this yep. is going to be a lot of fun, and it all starts Saturday at gonna 11 a.m. It's going to be a tough, a. Out. Be a tough uh, first, out. first pitch. I, I like that. It's going to go three. But give me the slight edge on the Deacons. At home, at demon home. That's, demon, that's the, what it is. The Demon Deacons? The Demon Deacons. Sounds so nasty there. <laughs> Alright, let's move to another game, and this is kind of an interesting there one. we are. You have been high on LSU the entire time. Yep. I mean, before the it was even set, you're like, give me the Tigers, give me the give me the Tigers. I don't care. Give me the For Tigers. For sure. This is a 2 o'clock first pitch in um, Kentucky. Another one of these SEC uh, matchups here. LSU yep. is the overall favorite. I'm looking at a minus 220, minus 218. That's what it is. Uh, Kentucky is the uh, underdog here at a plus-175. I mean, I think
1: I know which way you're leaning on this one. Uh, Similar to the Duke-Virginia Super Regional, Mm Andy, this exact series has already took place during the regular season. Yes, it has. LSU took two out of three games from Kentucky Mm -hmm. at home, which is the same scenario here. Although the Tigers were playing their best baseball of the season at that point, I think they're back up to Mm -hmm. that point. They are playing yeah, yeah. their best again. They are. They are. LSU is light on pitching right now due to injuries, but the Tigers seem to have rallied a bit on the mound recently after struggling to adjust in May. Kentucky has among the nation's deepest pitching staffs and can hit for average, but not power. Mm-hmm. So I really think that's where LSU kind of pulls ahead. We've saw these games with LSU; they can put seven, eight runs yeah. on you in an yeah, inning. They're so I really yeah. think the LSU. Probably take this yeah. in three. I, I am going to give you know Kentucky credit enough that they get one game against LSU just because of that phenomenal pitching staff. But yeah. in Baton Rouge, this place is going to be rocking, Andy. You know the the,
0: the I read an interesting
1: article yeah. uh, on one of those
0: national writers that yep. really follows the SEC, and he says you know for one of your value plays, one of the best bets out there right now is Kentucky. It's Kentucky because yeah. they can do this. This wouldn't be a shocker if an yeah. SEC team beat another SEC team. Um, it's just that man, they're they're just running. They might be running into the wrong team. Like if they, if they could have went out to Oregon yeah. or something like that, I'd feel a lot better about the Wildcats. I don't feel good about them. Uh, better about him in this spot going up against LSU. And you talked about the injuries. LSU still has the best pitcher out of both these two teams. Paul Skeens, uh, their ace, he's 11-2 and with a sub-2 ERA. one point nine. zero. So give me that plus the lumber that the Tigers are going to be swinging. I like the Tigers. In three, whatever, I do think they're going to hold home court. And,
1: yeah, the Super Regionals in Baton Rouge. Yeah, and you know how, you know, you can tell how much a team plays well at home when they got odds like this. LSU mm-hmm. is a minus 235 to take down this series yeah. against a very, very good Kentucky team. Yeah. A Kentucky team that's only plus 190 to win this series in Baton Rouge. Yeah, That's that's how you can yeah. tell that this is a good matchup, Andy. But, uh, yeah, I got to go with the Tigers. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of purple yeah. and yellow in Omaha in the next couple weeks. Like I've been saying, <laughs> yep, yep. go Tigers! saw the saw the LSU flags already waving Memorial Day weekend. No doubt,
0: it was crazy. All right, now here's here's a matchup here. Yeah, Tennessee hosting Southern Miss <clears throat> right in Hattiesburg. And wait, wait, wait. They're going
1: to Southern Miss. What happened there? What happened there? Uh, Controversy here, Andy. As the NCAA gave Southern Miss the nod as the host team over Tennessee. (laughs) In classic NCAA fashion, there isn't going to be much transparency here. Nothing to see here. Nothing, nothing to, to see here. Nothing to see here. If I expect, <laughs> we're still going to make
0: Tennessee the minus 141 odds, and I believe they should be. <laughs> exactly. And especially when you start talking
1: to line odds makers, they're plus 900 to win the whole gosh darn thing. Yes, they are the uh, fourth, fourth yeah. team in line right here, Andy. Regardless, Tennessee has found its rhythm and should be yeah. heavy favorites, like we just said. Southern Miss, Etched past Penn in the Auburn Super Regional after losing its opening game. Yeah. The Volunteers, yeah. meanwhile, went on the road to win in the Clemson Regional, which mm-hmm. was much more difficult. Oh, they just, you know, with this is Tennessee in two. Too. This is Tennessee and two on the road. They're winning both games. They're winning. The, mm-hmm. They're pissed off right now, <laughs> and they're going to be in the College World Series. So, if, oh, if I man. was looking at anything in Tennessee. I might even look at that team's future to take down the whole tournament while you can now at plus 900.
0: Right, Uh, and on the flip side of that, Southern Miss is uh, one of the – uh, bottom two teams at a plus 3,000 so they're tied for like the worst yeah. to take down the tournament uh, I gotta agree with you everything that you say there all the articles that I'm reading all the people I'm talking to uh, from SEC laying down south they're like no no Tennessee mm. is the truth look out um, and then yeah and maybe some sometime down the road we'll figure out why Southern Miss
1: <laughs> NCAA is <laughs> going to keep this, that one on lock. I this, was this just telling you. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Yep. All
0: righty, let's move on to the 5 o'clock first pitch between... Texas
1: yes. and
0: Stanford. This is going to be a nail biter. I think this one's going three games. Love both of these squads, mm. the talent that they both bring and the the tradition. The whole 9 yards. Yes. Here we got Stanford, uh, the number overall 8 seed taken on Texas. And it's basically a coin flip is what we're looking at here. It's a pick 'em.
1: It really is, Andy and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna waver a little bit for my longhorns I really mm-hmm. think they can get this done yeah but if Texas is going to win this regional Andy mm-hmm. it really needs to get the job done in the first two games you think so Lucas Gordon and LeBaron Johnson Jr are two high quality starting pitchers for Texas yeah. but it really really drops off after these two these guys mm-hmm. have been their you know ball and chain the entire season. These guys are probably two of the best pitchers in College baseball. Stanford doesn't feature great starting pitching either, but it has a better lineup and home field advantage. They're they're I, I would I'd I use the word great to, to,
0: to talk about Stanford, whether I'm talking about their hitters or starters or pitchers, whatever. Yeah. Um but you you hit the nail on the head here yeah. when you're talking about uh Johnson Jr. and Gordon. Both these guys have ERA's under three, two point mm-hmm. six two uh for Johnson Junior. He hosts a eight and three record. I mean, that's squaring off against a lot of big twelve yeah. teams, really good big twelve teams. For sure. Lucas scored 7-1 and one overall with a 2.45 ERA. I think that right there makes the case for me to really like Texas yeah. to win this series out there at the farm, on the farm, however they say it, yep. in Stanford. <clears throat> I, I, I like the Longhorns. Last year, we were high on the Longhorns due to their bats. Yeah, They went cold. They did go cold. They, they went cold. This year they have the pitching where it matters the most. Two dominant starters. Yeah. And how do you win series? How do you win three-game series? With two really, <laughs> really good, good starters. starters. And you I think, see it all the time. I think the Longhorns have just enough here. You know, I'm not a Longhorns fan. Never have been. No. But when it comes to baseball, you know, tip your cap
1: to them. They get it done. Just a little nugget here, Andy. All of the Cardinals' top relievers own mm-hmm. ERAs of 4.64 or higher. There you go. Yikes. There you go. If this gets into late, the the Stanford Cardinal does not have pitching to go along yep. with Texas. Stanford slugged its way to the regional win over Texas A and M, but the yep. Aggies have almost no pitching themselves. Game three could go either way here, but it I could. believe Texas gets it done sooner rather than later. Give me Texas in two. And you heard the horn there, so we're up against it. I'm going to agree
0: with you, Jabron. Give you me go. Texas and two. The sweep on the road. When it gets down to super regionals like this, the nitty gritty. I'm looking at that pitching stuff. I'm looking at starters. You have to. I like, I, and they're and they're playing with that urgency. They know. They know. Got to win these first
1: two they games. They do.
0: Otherwise, it's all over. It w- might be anyway, uh, just because you're on the road in a game three situation no
1: like that. No doubt.
0: All right, let's take a quick minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Stock and Rod Company, an outdoor lifestyle brand for those seeking adventure, whether it's hunting, fishing, hiking. They got you covered. Visit StockAndRod.com to get your wild game on. Don't go anywhere. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. Where's the line? Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Ian D. Class, and joined by Gibran. Oh, the paw. Pounda. You got it. You got it. All righty. We got to talk NBA Finals
1: You now. have to. Game, game four.
0: Oh, game four is coming up here. Game three, exciting game, but I think it played <clears throat> out like we kind of thought it yeah, would. Yeah, no Um Even though Miami was on that wild streak of winning games Three um, throughout the, these NBA uh, playoff series, yeah. I just felt, and I think you did too. The Denver Nuggets are a different animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got more maturity than the Boston Celtics. They got way, way better talent than like the New York Knicks. Yeah, uh, th- and also Miami don't have their heat up against you know their backs not up against the wall like yeah. in previous series. So it's just a completely different animal. And the Nuggets took care of business easily, covered one oh nine to ninety four, and that line was moving up. It, it opened. up at two two and a half got three three and a half you know their tip off uh it didn't matter
1: the nuggets were good they were Golden and of course, Jokic with another triple double in game three. Yeah, the triple double, Andy. 32 points, 21 rebounds, and 10 assists. 21 rebounds. That's crazy. (laughs) 18 uh, defensive rebounds, just taking care of Bam on the other side. Bam had 17 rebounds as well. Yeah. You know, no slouch or whatever. But when Joker is putting up these kind of things, it's very hard to beat Denver. And what the real factor for me watching this Denver Nuggets team all the way throughout the playoffs Uh is quarter three, Andy. Andy. they came they come okay. out in quarter 3 and really put their foot on the neck of their opponents. Yeah. Outscoring them 29 to 20 with a 5-point lead going into halftime. Yep. So they really come out yep. in the third quarter Put their throat, you know, put your uh, their foot on the neck of the guy yeah. and really get that lead. Yep. So you know they they still work in the fourth quarter, but they have yep. that cushion, which you know they kind of needed against the Miami Heat because the Miami Heat are a fourth quarter team. Mm-hmm. They they hang around, hang around, and then just hang on to Jimmy to make plays at the end of games. So yeah. it, it really does work for them. And uh, but Denver was just too much yeah. early in this game in in the third quarter.
0: Yeah, and and Butler had another fine game, twenty eight yeah. points. You can't sure. expect that. That's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, for me, the biggest difference was Murray... Stepped up his game. He yeah. had 18 points in Game 2. Not bad, but you just expect a little more. No, exactly. Expect a little more. 34 Woo. poured it in here on on Game 3 uh, Wednesday night. And like we said, Nuggets just took care of business. So uh, yeah. should we move on to Game 4? Yeah, Some let's predictions. talk about Game 4. Uh, we're talking that is Friday night, a 7.30 tip-off on ABC. Yep. Back in Miami, right? <laughs> yep, We're it back is. in Miami, but it didn't matter. The line opened up at three, quickly moved to three and a half. The Denver Nuggets are the road favorites once again in the NBA Finals, and you don't see this very often, yep. a, a team that's back-to-back favorites on the road in the Finals. Yeah, What's for, going on here? Well,
1: it's just that they have the two major playmakers in Jokic and Jamal Murray, and they're playing... You know, the best basketball that they've ever played, Andy. And yeah. It's just everything that we just said. It would be absurd for Miami to be favored in this game, even though I think they have a very, very good chance of winning this game. Well, of course they do. It, it, that You can't favor them because yeah. uh, everybody would just pour money, pour, pour, pour money on the Denver Nuggets <laughs> just because they have huh? Joker and Jamal playing at such a high level right now. So yeah. I, I believe that three-and-a-half – it probably won't get much more than this, but it, it. I think it could get up to four. Anywhere from three to four is where it's going to end yeah. at. But, uh, yeah, you, you got to look at this Miami Heat plus 135 right now just because of the value play on it, Andy. They don't like to get down too much more than this. Uh-huh. It's in Miami. They know that they have to win. They have to at least split to have a chance in this series. Yeah, they do. They got to get one at home here. I don't know if they can do it though. <clears throat> yeah. I'm
0: looking at a money line from uh, MGM at a plus 125. Yours might be a little more yeah. updated because yeah, this line is moving, folks. We're talking <laughs> about the over/under. I got uh, two ten and a half. Yep. You were already seeing two 11, two 11 half, half. <laughs>
1: Yep. Which uh, which is something in itself, Andy. The, these you know Denver and Miami. Miami kind of hangs their hat on there a little bit of a more of a defensive team or team or whatever. Uh-huh. It was one oh nine to. Ninety-four, like you said, in the over-under on that game, Andy, give me one second, I believe was right around this 211 as well, mm-hmm. uh, 212, uh, 212 and a half, so that didn't reach that, Andy, mm-hmm. so I think with it at 211, 211 and a half, I think the under is definitely the play again, I do too. just because these I do too. two teams kind of lock up. You saw Miami yeah. in the two games that they've lost yeah. not being able to reach 95 points, so I believe... This is going to be another one of those games. It's going to be 195, one of those kind of games. So the under, I believe, is the best bet. Yeah. To do
0: when I said that uh, for game one, you I thought I thought the under was the best bet, and yeah. that that hit as well. No and was,
1: there was a cushion
0: there too uh, for hitting that under. Um, and, and and in game two, where Miami won in Denver, you know, tip your cap to him. But so many things went their way, no doubt. So many things, all the fifty fifty balls. You had five points just off the top of your head. You just think of the highlights of the games. Yeah, Jimmy stepped out of bounds. Throws a pass, cans a three. Yeah. Uh, you also had an I felt was an obvious goaltending on Bam. Yeah. That wasn't called. There's
1: five points right there, and they still barely snuck out the win. They they just got them by three, and that yeah. game only went in. You know that was back and forth, like you're saying, and yeah. that game only ever got to a two nineteen uh you know, total for that that that's the game that's really raising this because these teams can score this much. But that was a back and forth all the way to the end, Andy. And if I have to guess, you know, teams kind of slough off, slough back and forth uh, and I don't know if Denver's going to do that again. So, I, yeah. I, my two best bets are that under. And I, it, it pains me to say, but I think Miami might be over their head here. So, <laughs> look at that three and a half for the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, you're like, playoff
0: Jimmy, playoff Jimmy. Yeah, okay, playoff Jimmy. Yeah, playoff Joker. You, you can only do so much. And there was also another fascinating stat, you know, when you get into these cyber metrics and sometimes you can just get lost in those numbers. Yep. Uh, but Miami played to their 99th percentile in game two. Uh, Meaning, the way they shot the three point ball, the yeah. way they got all the calls, the 50 50 calls, the 50 50 balls, you, you know, mm-hmm. everything went their way. And as far as their ceiling playing 100%, they played that 99 percentile. I'm like, there is no way that they can replicate <laughs> that at home, away, whatever. And mm-hmm. it didn't happen. And I don't see it happening again either. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're crazy if you want to go out on a limb and take mm-hmm. a plus money bet on Miami. I just think you're putting your money in the wrong place because I just, we've been talking about
1: the Nuggets all season long yeah no doubt about it Andy and if we kind of do want to get into some you know some value things that you can do with the NBA finals right here you can go to exact result of you know four one four two stuff like that yeah, yeah, and, yeah. but you know Denver nuggets to win four games to one which would mean that they take the next uh, next two games yeah. is only at a plus 115. That really <laughs> oh, shows <man. laughs> you how the book is really looking at this, thinking yeah. that Denver is going to steamroll these guys yeah. the next two games. So that really makes you scared to put any money yeah. on the Miami Heat. Uh, even at uh, 4-2, you're only sitting there at a plus 285. So uh, they really don't think this is going to go seven games, Andy. So, yeah. I, I, you know, Denver's probably going to win the next two games, and this is going to be a 4-1 to thing. Miami's last gas for air is Friday night and if they want to do it, Jimmy's going to have to have a huge point game. So I would look at Jimmy's points, go with the over on that. it will probably be sitting somewhere at over-under 25 yeah. to 26 points. I think he gets way up. I think he might yeah. even have a 40-point game. So look at uh, points, rebounds, assists for Jimmy Butler. Take that over. Definitely look at the Joker stat line yeah. for a triple-double. He's going to do that again. Yep. Those are the kind of prop plays that you're going to have to look at going into this fourth game.
0: Yeah, I, I really like those props. And and you're, you've you been saying it the entire NBA playoffs. Yeah. Like This is where the stars come out. This is where Get you can lean on uh, your All-Stars. And those props are probably <laughs> Again, <laughs> hit with the overs, no doubt, and they have been hitting for you. And I'll go back. I just want to go back to game two once yeah. again, where Miami shot all those three point shots. I feel like that's their <laughs> only way to win. It is, and, and they shot it like right there at fifty percentile there. And you can't, you can't do that even if you're left wide open. And so Denver, they didn't, they didn't freak out. They didn't. Change up their whole defensive philosophy. They just once again forced a bunch of three point shots here uh, Wednesday night in game three. And guess what? The percentages went back to the median and they were able to cruise to a victory. And I just see more of that happening. Like Denver doesn't have to go out of their lane here, they have superior talent, they got the best player on the court. Uh, and Jokic and Jamal Murray is nothing to sneeze at. I think he is going to be known as a superstar yeah, after, in the this, league. after this he, Finals.
1: He already had the trajectory to do that, Andy, and you saw it in the bubble. He was one of the best players in the bubble a couple years ago. Got hurt. Got hurt. Yep. Uh, he, he had the trajectory to be a, a star in the NBA here. He are, He has arrived. He is here. He's scoring 34 points in playoff NBA Finals games. Yeah. So he is here, Andy. Um. Yeah, like you said, though, with the Miami Heat, it has to hit Correctly for them, Duncan Robinson came out after halftime in Game Two and just yeah. poured in. You know, twelve points. That's not going to happen every time. Yeah, it's you know, yep. there's you know, it's going to be streaky shooting. I hope that they push this more than you know. I got to say it more than games, but yeah. Miami needs a hero. They do. Yeah. They need. A hero. They need LeBron James.
0: <laughs> oh, you're <Yeah>. like, <laughs> you're not going to give Tyler a hero. No time way. Of day. No you're way. You're not going to play off the Pud. Yeah. No. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you you kind of talked to about some angles there or yeah. anything. Um, and we're still kind of diving into some of these lines here.
1: Anything else that you're kind of looking at heading into Game 4 just, and then maybe Game 5 back at Denver? Yeah, no, just the only thing right now for Game 4, Andy, is get that uh-huh. get that point total as high as you can and bet it because it's going to go down. Yeah. Because they, these bookies are looking at this and their their mouth is drooling that these, um, yeah. you know, the Denver Nuggets are going to win these games and yeah. thinking that Miami might quit a little bit. So that. That total is going to keep going down. So as as high as you can get it, get it Mm -hmm. and stick with it. But I could see this at 208, 207 by the time that this tips off on Friday. So I really believe get that at 211, 211 211.5, 212. You you lock it in there because it's going to go low.
0: Yeah, and I would have to agree with you. And I think this is something that that folks kind of appreciate about WTL, about yeah. our show. You know, I'm not just going to listen to you and then disagree just to disagree <laughs> for yeah. sake. You know, this yeah, is no Skip doubt. Bayless, Shannon Sharp, Shannon Sharp, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or, or you, you know, all the other shows that yeah, it sure. kind of feels packaged. No, when we feel there's a strong play here, I'm not going to just <laughs> spew drama and say like, "Oh, I like the Heat because yeah. blah blah." No, no, doubt. no, we both like Denver here, no and doubt, for good reason. For sure, you just heard the heard the horn there. That means we're up against. But let's take a quick minute here to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Nebraska Brewing Company. What do you got
1: over there, Gerard? I got... The pickle fight—it is a pickle punch <laughs> to your throat. My new favorite beer for the Nebraska Brewing Company.
0: It's a good one, especially if you like that pickle flavor. And we we've talked about it before. Uh, limited supply, limited quantity here. Um, they just did a, a kind of a test run, and it sold out quick. Grocery stores, and liquor stores were buying it left and right. Yep. sold out in many areas. You gotta luck out, you gotta look for it, and if you find it, lucky you pick up a six pack, pick up a 12 pack. Nebraska Brewing Company, world class in every glass. Don't go anywhere, folks. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. Where's the line? Nebraska's first. And only sports betting show. I'm your host, A&D Class, and joined by... Jabron. Oh, the parlay pounder. You got it. Oh, boy. We talk CWS, yeah. College World Series, Road to Omaha. You got it. NBA Finals. Yep. Hey, no. Nah. Nah. <laughs> a little game more action there. And now we got to talk yeah. UFC. 289, getting back into your wheelhouse. And yeah. I understand you have a parlay for I us do. at the end of this Everybody's morning.
1: been waiting. It's this segment.
0: Uh, here we go. Now, this is going to take place Saturday, June 10th, the Rogers Arena in Vancouver, British Columbia. Eh? Hey, Canada. Heading, eh? heading back to Canada. Eh? This is the 32nd <laughs> time they've uh, welcomed them to Canada. <laughs> and this one, a little bit of a curveball. This was yep. set as uh, Amanda Nunez. You know, you're big on her. You're for real, sure. You know, she's a lot of fun. But she was supposed to. This was supposed to be Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena, three. Three, You
1: know, uh, everyone remembers Pena, you know, doing that submission yep. in round two. Amanda uh, comes back, you know, yep, beats yep. the crap out of her. And this was supposed to end it all. This was supposed to be the trilogy fight. Right. But as you know, Juliana Pena comes Broken ribs.
0: Yeah, she pulled out of this fight due to broken ribs she might have sustained on May 2nd. I think that happened in training. For sure. Uh, So um, this kind of got thrown on its head a little bit. Irene Aldana Aldana. uh, is going to take on Nunez here. And, you know, Aldana was supposed to take on Pennington in uh, an upcoming fight night. Yeah. That got scrapped. She uh, stepped up. And we also have a really good undercard here in Oliveira and Derrush. But let's start... A little further down the card here. Danny Inge, one of you guys you're big on, versus Nate Landwire. Two Americans squaring off here, and you got Inge, the number 13 uh, ranked competitor in the world in the featherweight. Uh, weight class, yep. a minus 250 big time favorite here.
1: Yeah. Danny Inge hopes for a more positive result uh, Result in favored this weekend after losing three straight fights. The 31-year-old Hawaiian got back in the win column with a second round knockout last time out back in yep. January. Mm-hmm. That being said, on the other side, Nate Landwire heads up north of the border with a three win fighting streak, Andy. Okay. He earned performance of the night and a majority win decision uh, you know, in his last two fights, it's not going to be easy for Inch here to string together back-to-back wins. Landwire is like, uh, you know, a nonstop bullet train, averaging six point four seven significant strikes per minute. Inch mm-hmm. uh, is a solid grappler too, but Inch uh, is going to have to put on a really, really and Landwire good. A, he's at plus two hundred right now. For he's sure. a big underdog. He so is. if you do
0: like Landwire, I mean, that there's yeah. some value there for you. And you're, the way the way I'm breaking down what you were saying. For sure. This is more of a coin flip
1: uh, than it is such a heavy favorite on this. No, exactly, Andy. And like we said, Landwire has momentum on his side and is motivated to finally crack that top 15 in the featherweight division. If he can keep his distance Mm -hmm. from Inge, positive results will come. Give me that plus 200 to win outright. I think Landwire gets it over Danny. We are starting with an upset right? 88 out the gate.
0: I will say this about (laughs) Landwire. Just looking up and down uh, the stat sheet here. His grappling seems, uh, appears to be superior with a much greater takedown accuracy and takedown defense. He also averages way more submissions per minute. Maybe that's just not Inge's
1: game, but that's definitely going to be part of what Landwire is going to be throwing at him. Yeah, no doubt, Andy. And and like I said, this should be a coin flip line as it is, Uh but Nate Landwire has momentum, in that plus 200 is just too juicy for me not to go after it. So, give me Nate Landwire.
0: Landwire it is. Should we move on up the card? Let's do it. Talked about how this is a co- main event. Yes. Charles Oliveira is back. He's not injured. He did have to pull out of that last event. Yep. He is back now. That is the number one contender (laughs) in the lightweight division taking on Benil Darush, the number four contender from the United States. And this opened up as basically a coin flip
1: you're for looking sure. at minus
0: 110 minus 110 but Derouche has taken a slight edge here what are you looking at minus 120 uh, 140
1: yeah anywhere from minus 120 to minus 145 is what i'm seeing oliveira on the flip side at a plus 155 okay. to win this right. as mm-hmm. you know fight week goes on it could you could open up a little bit more yeah. as more money is pouring in on Derouche for good reason some interesting prop betting lines are available as well. The under two and a half Ooh. rounds is at minus 180, which makes sense with Olivera's style of fighting. Olivera is to win inside the distance is at a plus 180 only, Andy. <laughs> so, And that proves not to be worth the risk if his money line is already at plus 155. So the, it, it doesn't make sense to take that extra you know, risk, risk. if yeah. you can already get it for plus 155 if you're mm-hmm. on Dubronx Olivera. I would say just please take time to look through all available lines on this one Andy because this could go this could go back in Charles's you know way if people start sure. throwing money on that plus 155 yeah. because yeah. not too long ago this was one of the most exciting fighters in all of UFC this oh, guy yeah. could not be touched for four or five straight title defenses so mm-hmm. everybody is kind of forgetting Charles Oliveira here but it's with good reason I, I believe it's Darush's time. Yeah. I believe he gets his hand raised on Saturday night. It's just his time. He has proven wow. himself for years now, and he might be the only answer to knocking down Islam Makachev on the right. championship totem pole. I think right. he might be the only guy okay. in the division that can beat Islam. So this is his first fight to get to that. So give me Darush. I I don't it's going to be it's going to be uh-huh. a tough fight. Yeah. It's going to be a tough fight, but I believe that he is Derrick. he's scrappy enough to get it and it's going to have to be against Charles Oliveira.
0: Well, and Oliveira might be running into something here that that he doesn't want to see uh, and that I I think grappling's always been a big part of Oliveira's yeah. uh style. Uh, Darouche though, mm. he is phenomenal at grappling, especially when you're talking about his defense maneuvers. Yep. He's at an 80% takedown defense. Mm-hmm. And if Oliveira, you know, he's not going to be able to club, he's not going to be able to swing like he likes to, or, you know, he's going to have to go to yeah. the mat, or try to go to the mat, have like to. he always does, and it's just not going to happen for him here, yep. against this young stud, this up-and-comer, as you're saying. And that's probably why the books are starting
1: to lean towards Vanille Darouche. Yeah. Oliveira's best chance to win this fight is, you know, just just being crazy from the opening bell, he needs to lead Darouche <laughs> into a wild, high pack fight yeah. with wild scrambles on the ground, knockdowns, and exchanges and strikes. That's really how Charles wins fights. He gets people, he gets people swinging. You know, yep. Gets, yep. gets, you know, gets knocked down a few times, and then he lulls them into a submission. That's yep. how Charles wins fights. Darouche, <laughs> he joins Oliveira as one of the most dominant lightweights with an eight fight winning streak on his own coming into this weekend. Ooh. He trains at King's MMA in California. Uh, I, I just really think that he it's his time... He's okay. going gonna to win this fight, and then he's going to be fighting Islam for that title. He's, yep. And we mentioned he's no slot. You just mentioned the streak that he's on. He's yeah. number four
0: contender in the world. Um, it, it just might be his time. And Olivero's coming off an injury. Yeah. I mean, the, all these little things start to add up, especially with a guy that has about 40 fights under his belt. For sure. In he's the been UFC. here for a while, and he he's has. been really good. Yeah.
1: Darush on the other side, 22, 4 and 1 in his peripheral. Pref- professional career, but yeah. only has five TKOs, Andy, in hmm. and eight submissions, bringing in a much more calculated fight plan to cage compared to his counterpart, like I said, the craziness yeah. that is Charles Oliveira. So if he keeps it on the rails, Darush does, is what I'm saying, he's going to win this fight. If he gets a little crazy, that's where Bronx Oliveira can really <laughs> do damage. Yeah.
0: How many times have you, you seen him just pounce and get that
1: submission? It, you exactly. Know, and after, after everybody well. has already thought the fight was done, he's knocked out, he's knocked out. Hmm. No. If you go after him, he can yeah. get you in one of those tricky spots and that's yeah. where Benil I think is going to figure it out and yeah. get his hand raised on Saturday. There we go. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm, yeah, not, yeah, I'm yeah. not arguing. I'm not. Yeah, arguing. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. All right. So we move on. <laughs> Let's to do it. The main event. Let's do it. Hailing from Brazil, Amanda Nunez has taken on Irene Aldana. We talked about how uh, Irene's put in a really tough yeah. spot here. She's the number five contender sure. in the world. No, no jokes. She's no slouch in this bantamweight uh, class, but I mean, she's coming in as a plus two sixty-five <clears throat> underdog.
1: Yeah, and Nunez minus three twenty. So just. Your straight up odds are not very good uh value. Yeah, I mean with all due respect, like you said, Al Donna, who has been on a tear with KO T K O wins in three no. of her last four fights, this one isn't going to be close, it's Andy. It's a different animal. Outside of a yeah. close fight with Valentina Shevchenko, which is one of the best fighters in the world, uh-huh. we've only seen Nunez look human once in her whole career. Yeah. And that was when she lost the belt to Juliana Pena. Nunez has recently dealt with about with COVID heading into that fight mm-hmm. and, you know, absolutely mauling her in the rematch. So it really struck that one from the record, I think. Yeah. Nunez well roundedness is probably what makes her the most dangerous. And that's an issue for Aldana. Just three. Fights ago, she was taken down five times and gave up over five minutes of control time. And Ooh, Amanda okay. is drooling at that fact, Andy. Yeah. When when she <laughs> gets you to the ground, it's night night time. So, and when Nunez faces a uh, game striker, she's not shy about leaning on her grappling either. So yeah. everybody thinks of her as this big, you know, mm-hmm. thing that can knock you out, yeah. in which she's going to, but she can still rely on yeah. that grappling to get to that point. Uh, so I, as I mentioned, uh, I see the easiest, you know, path to victory for Amanda is her grappling. Yeah. But right now, with the odds, I see a KO TKO by Amanda Nunez at a plus one forty. Andy, Ooh, okay. So that is All right. All right. some yeah. value bet in this in this fight that doesn't have a lot of value to it. Yeah. Amanda is going to knock this chick out. She might get her to the <laughs> ground and you know, grapple her a little bit, yeah. but. It's going to end up with a knockout hammer fist to the head. Amanda gets her arm raised again. Yeah, I think all down coming out of Mexico, I think she got put in a really tough spot. Credit to her for stepping up, yeah. and
0: once again, uh, everyone putting it together to keep this card on the mend uh, in Rogers Arena, Vancouver. A lot of Canucks
1: on yeah. the card. No, it's very uh, so very it, fun for it, Canadians.
0: It's going to be fun, but I, you do feel like Nunez is going to take care of
1: business in a big way here yeah, in, it, in your main event. Exactly, and one more nugget, Andy. Amanda Nunez, by submission, is at a plus 500 right now, so oh. if you want to throw the Okay. bit on that. Right. It's at a plus 500, which could easily happen. Yes, I could. do see the KO happening more likely. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's why the odds are a lot better yeah, uh, with the with, uh, submission. So if you want to go after submission at that plus 500, throw a little bit on that, but I'm going with the knockout. Alrighty.
0: How about a parlay play yeah.
1: on UFC 289, Jabron? Okay, I'm just doing the two-teamer. Oh, oh, oh. just a two-teamer. Okay. Yep. Nate Landwire taking that underdog. <laughs> Uh, DraftKings, he's at a plus 215 right now. Okay. Amanda Nunez to win by KO at a plus 140. Like I said, <laughs> yeah. the total parlay, putting $25 on it to win 157. You Ooh. can't beat that value. Wow. It's a two-teamer. Like I said, only has to hit twice. And I believe this has a very good chance at hitting. And you really talked me into Landwire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he's
0: at a plus 200 straight yeah. up underdog here. Uh, but after kind of walking through it, it looks like he might be going one way and then he ends For he sure. going the other. No doubt, and it's hard top fifteen.
1: It's hard to argue a knockout here from Amanda Nunez. Yeah, it's going to happen. The lioness is going to knock her out. Just really hope Nate can get it done. (laughs) Yeah, I think you got. I think you're onto something (laughs) there, uh, Jabron. Thank you. Well, that'll about do
0: it for us this week on WTL. Be sure to follow us on ESPN Tri City Radios. We're all over their social media accounts and Twitter. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's been a lot of fun. Yes, it has the been. The short videos, the feature length videos, everything under the sun. We've been having yes. a lot of fun. And watching that channel grow. That's been cool as well. Thank you. And a all lot of fun. That have subscribed to that and been checking us out there. And also don't forget to receive our daily free picks over on TikTok. You're holding down the Ford over there. Yeah. Mr. TikTok King. <laughs> Harley Pounder slash TikTok King. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That is the handle. For Jabron, the (laughs) Parlay Pounder. I'm Andy Klassen. Thank you for listening. This has been WTL.